0: Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is Severin and... Ambrosia. And welcome to Designated Drinkers, the podcast where we dive deep into drinking, one libation at a time. Real quick, our new name is the original Designated Drinkers. We kind of slept, we explained this in one of our other episodes, but we'll explain it again because we're here, why not? We... Went to sleep a little too long, and people came through and took our name and did what they're supposed to do. They capitalized on it. So, um,
1: Well done. Hats off.
0: Yes. They, hey, shout out to y'all. <laughs> but for us, our new podcast name is The Original Designated Drinkers. But where you can find us, we'll also mention this at the back end, is at designateddrinkerspodcast at gmail.com and you can find our website at www.designateddrinkerspodcast.com so OGDD OGDD um with with that being said today we have a guest Brian Rutson he's here to talk about cider from Uncle John's hard cider right Fruit. absolutely yeah. Fruit, more fruit. Fruit, 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 fruit Shocker. Fruit. Okay. <laughs> um, Brian, we have a bio for you, but do you want to introduce yourself first? Or do you want us to bring you in first? Bring me in. Bring you in. Yeah, I like it. So, Brian Rutzen, pomalier instead of Somalier. I just learned that was an actual thing. Um, when we think cider here in Chicago, we think cider, Brian, and so should you. Brian, a Chicago native, has been pouring, selling, drinking, making, and judging cider for five years. Update. Update. How many years now?
2: I mean, I've, I've been a judge at Link Cap for 10
0: years, probably. 10 years. Okay. I wrote this a long time ago. Wrote it a while ago. Okay. Yep. Well, we, we, we'd like to updates in there. Um, starting the flames of his passion about 10 years ago, so now it's probably 20, <laughs> making small batches of cider at home. Through the years, he has honed his talent in sales and passion to educate into into a full-time cider career. Brian has a background in library and science and history, which is beautifully obvious in his curating and cataloging of a cider library. The bottles are his books. The Cider Inside is the story of every bottle, and it weaves a tale and tells a history. Outside of the Northman, Brian is an instructor for the inaugural CIRSA cider certification program. Oh, yeah, Update. so that
2: got changed. That uh, That was where the Pomolier program began, and that was the first word, CICERA. CICERA. Uh, but then that's changed to certified cider professional, and uh, that's level one. And then, then when you get to level two, that's when you achieve your Pomolier status, or I guess
0: certified Pomolier.
1: Certified Pomolier.
0: I like it. Okay as well as a consistent judge for the latest North American cider competition, Glencap. You can find him bumping around beer and cider events in and outside of the city of Chicago. And if you're ready to geek out about something besides cider with him, just mention baseball and you'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: Ringer on baseball trivia the other night. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah, no no problem.
1: Sports, as we've covered. I don't know that.
2: Well I don't know baseball's a game I don't know if you can call it a sport
1: <laughs> 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 that's, that's not
2: I don't say that disparagingly it's it's the the perfect game it's my favorite game
1: uh but so full disclosure uh for you folks at home and in your car listening to this podcast Brian taught me baseball
2: yeah a couple so, years ago we you watched say it like game. it's a bad thing.
1: No, it was fantastic. I, I think I was running around. It was during like the was it the World Series? There was a
2: playoff push. I don't know if it was the World know. Series run or not. It, we were up on the rooftop at Fountainhead. Before we were, that,
1: we were drinking Uncle John's at Thea's uh, place, the Daily. Oh, uh, the
2: Daily. You're right. Which is a classic Chicago sports bar. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we were having beers, getting to know, you know, just learning Siders. about the game. We were drinking um, Uncle John's. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uncle John's on tap. Um, and uh, and then for whatever reason, Ambrosia had, had invested enough into the game experience. Was like, well, okay, let's you know, let's finish the game. And
1: we went to Fountainhead, yeah. and I believe the end of my night was me yelling at the top of my lungs. I finally understand Sam Malone. Yeah. <laughs> He's a pitcher. I had no idea. I had no idea.
0: Oh, my goodness. Love,
1: cheers, had no idea what pitcher Now,
0: now, was. now I was just about to say you have to explain for maybe the younger <laughs> listeners. I don't know how many of those we will have, but not everyone knows who Sam Malone is. Well, now oh. that
1: I'm hot on TikTok, we're going to have some young listeners. Oh my Sam Malone God. is the bar owner and bartender at the fictitious bar Cheers. On the
0: television show, Cheers. Played by Ted, Ted Danson, Danson of The Good Place for the, all you younger yep. viewers. He's on a new show now, but Ted Danson's been killing it. So <laughs> Alright, right. All right, Cider Brian, so tell us about what you brought for us today. So,
2: um I brought a bottle of uh, Uncle John's Deep Roots. Uh, Uncle John's is a cidery in Central Michigan. The same family has been there for over 100 years mm-hmm. uh, growing apples. It's what they've always done um, but I well, you know halfway through the last century you know towards the the 60s um, the fruit market started to change uh, prices started to, to drop and 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 they weren't going to be just a commercial orchard anymore before it was just fruit production for the market and they had to sort of change over so by the 70s uh, when that rolled around um, uh, the the grower at the time uh, um, John Beck uh, sort of opened up the farm to be more of a family experiential farm where people could come by, buy some apples, maybe some cider donuts, get a jug of fresh cider, or take a walk through the orchard. Um, many people are familiar with orchard country in Michigan as, as you picks right you know uh, it's not a you pick orchard um, but they do pick right there on the estate for their own market um, and uh, uh, they grow for their their cider. They will, and some of their canned ciders, they will source from other uh, farmers and trade fruit so that they increase the blends, or depending on how the year goes. Mm-hmm. But the premium line, including this Deep Roots, is an all estate grown uh, cider, and uh, what makes it special, of course, is, is with all this history. They do have some really old trees. Um, apple trees in Michigan don't tend to uh, uh, stick around. You know, growers growing apples for the the shelf market. Typically, let an apple tree grow for about 20 years and then rip it out and start over.
0: Okay,
2: Um, and That's for various reasons. They're growing up on trellises. They don't want them to get really thick, gnarly branches. They keep it all spaced out, Mm -hmm. giving every apple its space along the trellis so it can get all the sun, the color, and the size and appearance for a store shelf. Uh, Barring that, could end up in pies, uh, apple slices, and Happy Meals, all sorts of different... Uh, markets, grab. especially northern
1: spies. No, seriously, northern yeah. spies. No,
0: no, no. I just think that's where you talk about where they end up. At I love those apple slices in the happy meal. In fact, that's all I get is happy meals because like the regular meals are a little too much, and I still got to eat something quick. Yeah. <laughs> so I make sure I get a happy meal with the apple slices for myself.
2: To me, the only diet I, I have is don't eat French fries. So, like <laughs> if you're gonna get a burger, like you get whatever else they have in the apple slices. That's that's about as good as you can get. Yeah. And and what differentiates those those apple varieties those green green. green apples that high piercing acid that we're all used to like in a granny smith or what would be in northern spy which is a prominent variety grown in uh in michigan and uh and that acid is great for baking uh it's really good for snacking uh but it also really lends a nice character to cider and michigan is kind of known for a
0: high acid uh content and i think that comes through on this now real quick just uh would my mother gonna beat me up if I don't mention it in the book um in my book that I wrote I give recipes and one of the recipes that she um asked me to give was a dessert recipe she said you you know you got everything for every day of the week you got to give them a dessert I'm like you're right so I gave her apple she gave me the perfect apple pie recipe and that's the apple that she recommends either granny smith or northern spy cuz mm-hmm. like that's all she talked about as i was a kid was northern spy apples
2: yeah northern spy um was i just
1: loved your mother more than i thought that i could <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's it, and it's it was the more prominent apple it was a big apple you know decades ago it's much more prominently grown um, but it also is is gives you that high burst of acid like a granny smith but to me like northern spy has that in, you know in, in, in a much greater degree mm-hmm. and, and, and Northern spy has a lot of great history. Um, it's uh, that high acid is what will help preserve the fruit in the high temperature of baking. Um, so that's why the, that's probably why she recommended that spy. Cause that's, Basically, if you if you put a Honeycrisp apple in there, it really wouldn't hold up its structure. Right, right. The thing that Honeycrisp gives you is the crunch of a fresh eating do apple. Do not get me
1: started on Honeycrisp.
2: You know, great, great to eat if, if you're into that sort of thing, but doesn't necessarily add anything to baking or.
1: It adds cider. nothing to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not. I eat Honeycrisp for breakfast. We need to talk. What's yep. wrong with Honeycrisp? What did no, do? They nothing. Do? We are not going to derail this to my grumpy rant about Honeycrisp. Don't get me started on Honeycrisp. Don't yuck. Crisp.
2: Someone's yum.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that.
1: Do not get me started on Honey Crisp or Cosmic Crisp. We'll, we'll be here all day. I never heard of Cosmic, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you about it after. that. Cosmic's a, a brand new variety that just got yeah, dropped last it's a year. WA ninety eight so. was it?
2: Uh,
0: I think so.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: so. tastes fine to me. But okay, let's keep going. Let's talk about. Yeah.
2: So let's... back to the Northern Spy and these other varieties. So the the thing that the the deep roots that makes these things uh, special, the Northern Spy, is in this. But so are Golden Russet, Winesap, John Grimes, Cortland, Rhode Island Greening, Winter Banana, and some others. And all of them w- will have come from trees that are at least fifty years old. Mm-hmm. And some of them are 110 years old. Oh, that's dope. I uh, like so that. And that's why we call Those it Cortlands. Yeah, we call it the deep roots because it's these trees are so large and so gnarly and they go deep into the and wide into the ground. Uh, used to, we used to call it the, the Lost Orchard, but there was another name out there that already had that label. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still—it still gets called the Lost Orchard on the farm. Like, oh, I'll meet you back in the Lost Orchard, and yeah, you know, Bro, he's been there before. It's sort of off. You would have to know how to get there to to find it on the property. I and- have
1: driven a gator down to the to the Lost Orchard. Okay, nice. and I've hung out in those trees. I've, I I love those trees.
0: So you just climb them and.
1: Yeah, you just hang out in them
0: and and pick an apple and bite it.
2: No, I sure. drink cider. I mean, well, if if the apples are there, go ahead and grab one and okay. have a bite. You know,
0: but uh... I
1: prefer my apples fermented.
0: <laughs> Okie dokey.
1: <laughs> no, those those orchards are beautiful, um, and uh, to have those apples and have that access is something that is so unique about Uncle John's. And um, so Brian and I won Pomalier of the Year from the American Cider Association in 2019. Pomalier, who won it this year.
2: I uh, can't remember.
1: It was Mike Beck.
2: No, 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 no. He got like I thought some uh, industry award. He got some
1: He got a very high award.
2: Yeah. It wasn't he wasn't in Pomal. He didn't got the he didn't get the same award that you and I did. Okay. Uh he got just I forget what
1: it was a bigger award. Right,
2: it is. It's uh it, it might be um Pommelier named after somebody or something like that, like a specific like honorary, like like big deal award.
1: Yeah. He, yeah. So in so in The Cider World, uh which Sev, you're here to keep us grounded because this is this is my world. This yes, world. yes, absolutely. Uh, so the American Cider Association, uh, we have a thing called CiderCon, uh, and it's a very large cider conference that happens every year. Right. This year, Mike Beck, who is the owner and cider maker uh, and grower. Yeah. Can we please talk about how he's a trifecta? Yeah. That doesn't happen ever yeah. in this industry. He got awarded a very high award. Okay. Uh, because he's amazing. And not only does he make some of the best cider in the Midwest, he's also one of the most genuine, helpful, honest, kind human beings that I've ever met.
0: Oh, that's nice. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get the chance to meet him. We're going to Michigan. Okay, I'm with it. That's uh, going to happen. We, we already talked bad about Michigan on one of our other episodes. I won't talk bad about him again. Michigan, the mitten.
1: I just need to show you. Yeah, so where are we in the mitten with Uncle John's?
2: A Dead center of the state. Uh, most of apple production comes uh, along the West Coast, um, Southwest, Western Michigan. The the biggest area is uh, known as the Ridge, just north of of uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. And you're about, at that point, maybe, I don't know, 15, 25 miles off of, of the, the shore of Lake Michigan, okay. um, and they call that sort of the Fruit Ridge, um, and... And 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 Uncle John's is about an hour to the east of that. So so whereas the the, the, the lake effect might give a lot of great benefit to to everything right there along that, that shore, this is just far enough it's almost equidistant from all the various lakes around the 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 peninsula of Michigan. It's kind of interesting.
0: Now, did you guys start without me after you poured this up? Yeah, oh, we
2: poured early. Oh, cider, I, I don't yeah, even I wash notice. Down. And, then, and, and then I realized that I, I didn't save it for the, the, the... That's like
0: part of the show.
2: Yeah, and I didn't even crack the bottle Let's open cider. on microphone. It's, so it's... I'm just going to crack open another bottle. Let's and listen. We're going to treat it like fresh. So.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go. Can I see the empty one? Because one thing we do have to do, have to read it. I have to describe the bottle and, and see what it. Listen at that. Oh, man. That was pretty dope. I'm I'm still working on the regular one. So let's just <laughs> clink them up. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
1: I know we can't do that Chicago hit on a podcast. Doing. For those of you out in podcast land, <laughs> uh, there's a thing that we do in Chicago, and I don't know if it's Chicago specific. Uh, Brian is more of a historian in the library and a librarian, might have some more information on this for me. But what we do after we cheers is we always hit the bar with the glass before we drink it. And I've heard a couple of different theories. One of them is to remember those that have sat at the bar before us that are no longer with us. Uh, I've also heard that it is a potential... Um, just a, an acknowledgement to the, the producer or, or the, the person that made the juice. But we always do it. Up, down, up. Yeah,
0: You hold time. them up, down, hit the bar, back up into the gullet. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay. So th- this is part of the episode where I describe what the bottle looks like. So this is a pretty, it's a stubby bottle. Um, it's dark. Kind of yeah.
2: like a, r- a red stripe bottle.
0: Yes, kind of like a red stripe, a little taller. they um, Bombers in the industry. It's a 500 milliliter. Thank you very much. I didn't know that. No, no,
2: no, no. Bombers are the full 22 ounces. These might be referred to as grenades.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. I thought grenades, Now I have heard of grenades. I thought those were the smaller ones. This they might are. might be a little taller. Yeah, than that, the they are the, typically the Somewhere stubbies.
1: Somewhere between yeah. a grenade and a bomber. Yeah, okay. This so, is horrible, <laughs> saying it out loud. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyway. So, um, you, J... HardCider.com, produced and bottled by Uncle John's Fruit House Winery, um, in St. Johns, Michigan. The bottle is that color that we described, and we're arguing over what it is. Maybe one of our listeners can give us the feedback and tell us exactly what it is. If we don't give ourselves the homework to find out on our own, but it changes from a reddish to a green as you turn the bottle around. It's really cool. Really. The yeah, the, um, the ink that they use. Premium, deep roots. And so let me give it a quick read. Our Michigan Farm Collective hand-selects apples from half-century-old heirloom trees, making this cider distinctly delicious. Ingredients, 100% apple juice, sulfate added to maintain our clean, fresh taste. Gluten-free, 500 milliliters, 6.5 ABV, alcohol by volume.
1: So 500 milliliters is about, what's 16, 16, yeah. So it's a proper pipe. Okay.
0: Um, so.
1: 16, ounces. What,
0: sorry. what I would like for you sommeliers to, no, I'm sorry, pomaliers to do is describe what you taste, the tasting notes, and then I'll give my layman tasting notes.
1: Getting a slight throw of tropical on here, which I haven't gotten before.
2: Yeah. the The citrus is up a little bit on this. Um, You know, the aroma of winter banana comes through a little bit. You know, a little bit of that softness. Yeah. Um, So, and that's just varieties that we're naming. But I mean, if you just want to, the tasting notes, there's a little bit of a slate minerality on the back end. um, Like a little bit of a a, a peach, um, uh, almost that white flower chrysanthemum type thing.
1: Yeah, I'm getting an unripe stone fruit. Yeah. Oh, that annoying thing of listening to people drink. <laughs> or it's ASMR. Well, we don't know. Yeah,
2: right. That's um, why people tune in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, acid, I, I would say, is, is pretty low for a North American cider.
2: Uh, well, I think in this particular iteration, uh, especially, you know, it, the blend changes based on the, the number uh, of, of, of different varieties that can be, you know, uh, mixed in. What he gets his hand on, what he can trade with others, um, um, typically on his can line. Here, it's just based on what he gets and what he, what was particularly good year and what you know what wasn't. So
0: now, that's a question I have for you. You said um, can line, so I assume that Uncle John's is, um, shipped in cans at times as right. well. Is there a real difference between cider in a bottle and cider in a can?
2: Well, I mean, long term storage, bottles preferable. You know, you don't want to... Cans, I would not suggest keeping a can around for, you know, longer than a year. I mean, okay. I've had cider in, you know, two-, three-year-old cans. It's fine, you know, mostly. Uh, but it's not the ideal preservative vessel for long-term bottles is better.
1: Well, the, uh, the acid in North American ciders is going to break down the inner contents of the can, but a can can be a better vessel to protect the cider from light strike and oxidization.
2: Um, for us... For us, our um, our cans—the difference for us in the in the blend that goes into the, each package is our cans are you know slightly more available apple varieties. Mm-hmm. But it's also a, a, um, a, a quicker fermentation time, mm-hmm. so the cans are fermented for about you know four to six weeks. The bottles are fermented about four to six months. Um, so that's also where the premium price is coming in. Your your, your m- more rare fruit, but also longer fermentation times.
1: And there's, as a buyer, uh, there's a perception that goes along with can versus glass and uh, size of the bottle. Uh, 750 milliliters, and you're looking at a wine bottle size, uh, is a perceived higher quality because it is in such a big format. People perceive a quality of 12-ounce cans to be less valuable than something that comes in a a 750-milliliter bottle.
2: Especially in the wine world. Oh, and cider, of course, is straddling this line between cider and beer. It's made like wine. It's, it is, it is wine, wine. But it's consumed or discovered in many beer-centric places. Right. Um, and right. so people... Sometimes people have a hard time... People are used to buying beer, then look at a bottle of cider that is, you know, 750-milliliter bottle for 15 $16, and, like, that's too expensive. And yet it might be the finest cider made in the country mm. you know you're not gonna spend more than twenty dollars on the finest cider made in America shout out to Farnham Hill and and you know it, uh, people are like oh you know they'll go get a bottle of wine for their pizza at night and they're like oh 15 bottles of jewel no problem yeah exactly. you know um, and you you don't even you don't even care who, who the producer is it's just a value wine so to me that 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 ability to to bridge the consumer to there's a reason why this this bottle costs more. The fruit is harder to come by. The, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're spending long run. I mean, these are made once a year, right? Right. So it gets harvested, it gets crushed, it gets made, and packaged. Our can lines we make throughout the year. We're holding fruit and in, in in cold storage. We're pressing, holding liquid sometimes, and fermenting. So and that
1: cold storage is also climate controlled in so far as like the gas that's around it. Okay. So it's 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 an involved process to hold fruit. We're we're unique in this country, in uh, Europe, they get their harvest, they press it all, they hold the juice. Here in America, because we've got so much space, we get the fruit and then we hold the fruit before pressing, which is bizarre.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we hold the fruit if we can. And only some areas of the country are, are well outfitted with, uh, with strong infrastructure. Clearly, the Pacific Northwest, where the majority of fruit comes from, there's a large amount of pro- you know packing houses and things like that but Michigan has a lot too. Michigan's the number 3 apple grower in America and there's incredible infrastructure for for cold storage for presses for you know all of these types of things uh, and, and then you have the knowledge of, of fermentation that Michigan has because they all were convinced you know 30 40 years ago that Grow wine grapes. was <laughs> going to be the you know the, the, the secret to to change and rehab their tourism and it's and it succeeded in 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 many ways, right. Uh, but I think w- over that time, the initial experiment they found was that, you know, only certain varieties do really well in Michigan. That distinguish Michigan grapes from other areas of the country. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, in, but but they're they spent 20 years building, you know, stainless steel fermenters. You have all these people going to school. You have this great professional core of of, of fermenting uh, knowledge. And they look over their shoulders and they say, wait a minute, look at all these apples. And apple cider hadn't really caught on as a thing yet in the country, and so the wineries shifted to making more and more cider. Okay. Uh, and I think that's you know again that marriage of that side of the infrastructure along with the apple production, the the packing houses, the the sorting houses. That that's that's pretty amazing uh, to to see those two things come together now in a maturing cider market to uh, to get people some really interesting. Uh, uh, creative uh, uh, fr- fruit drinks that are expressive of the place. Uh,
1: fruit plays, uh, fruit drinks. Uh, I would, I would love it. So my favorite fruited ciders in the country, hands down, are Mike Bucks. Yeah, fruits. The blueberry, the cherry. I'm so excited to see the the launch of the uh, the tapache. Um, the 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 new iterations that you've got coming out um, over the summer and down at the the Northman <laughs> shameless plug the <laughs> Northman Beer and Cider Garden down on the Chicago Riverwalk will have a, a rotating selection of the newest and the uh, the seasonal expressions of Uncle John's uh, but Mike's fruited ciders are
0: Absolutely fantastic. Now, I have a question. Um, you said the blueberry. That sounds interesting. So we're just making cider, but we're adding blueberries to it?
2: That's exactly right, Seb. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's the ferm- the apples are fermented. The blueberries are not. So you make the whole cider up front, and then you're adding uh, a, a juice. And typically it is, it, it, not always, but typically it's in, in a form or some form of concentrate. Okay. Uh, because you, you don't not want to necessarily dilute this massive right, batch right. of apple cider that you've spent so long Curating the blend, uh, you don't want to drive down the ABV and all the rest of it. So you put in uh, a concentrate juice, and of course, Michigan again, blessed as the Midwest fruit bowl. I mean, with all of the the, the difficulties that climate change is presenting, you know, powerhouse states like California, mm-hmm. Michigan in the future may take on
0: more and more of the of the responsibility of growing America's fruit. That's what it kind of seems like, but th- the difference is just. Not just the climate change, but the climate areas. Like you think of California, it's nice pretty much all year round. You think of Michigan, it's gonna be snowing up there for half the year. Yeah. So how does that work out?
2: It will, of course. Some fruits work better than others. You know, in Michigan, you're not gonna see, um, you know, I think the almond groves that you see in California aren't, aren't gonna take root in Michigan. And mm-hmm. and while you can get um some peaches in Michigan, you know, you, I don't know if you can really get uh, apricots or maybe have that backwards. I don't know. Uh, but, but apples need cold weather, Uh right? You, you're not going to see apples. There's a reason why Florida is not the, 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 the apple state, right? Right. All our oranges come from there for a specific reason. Uh, you need a certain, you need a nice warmth, uh, during the summer, but you also need a certain number of cold hours for for the apple tree to winter over and, and, and do its thing.
1: So the apple goes into dormancy. So it needs, it, it needs a nap. Yeah, apples are sturdy. Apples are the perfect Midwestern fruit. We're real sturdy. It takes a lot to get the juice out of us, but once you get the juice, you're in. You're family. Yeah, and we need naps. We need to. We need to get cold and then hot. And something that I learned from Mike, uh, Mike is one of my mentors, uh, and and Brian, I'm, I'm sure for you too. But uh, something that I learned is that the harvest for the next year actually depends on how Big the freezes on the lakes, right?
2: Yeah, because the lake is the thing that's that that gives Michigan its temperature moderation. Yes, Michigan gets really cold, but those lakes actually help extend some of the growing season uh, and and protect uh, 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 in the spring. So the the lake tends to keep things you know warmer in the winter and cooler in in the summer. Um, and then there's like micro regions of that too. Whereas the reason why a lot of the cherries in Michigan come from the far north. Is because right around Traverse City, you have these these specific types of bays that create microclimates and really do a number on temperature uh, uh, up there that help protect the trees. And but of course cherries have a much shorter season, and it's um, they harvest in the middle of the summer, so they have uh, they have their own job. I don't know cherries as well. I'm learning more and more about
1: cherries. Cherry, uh, Brian. Coming, coming, (laughs) coming to your home soon. Coming
0: soon, right? Because Apple Brian, Cider Brian, yeah, just overall knowledge Brian. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I I do want to give a shout out to DD Beck. Yeah, that label, DD. How much I have seen DD transform the look of the Uncle John's branding from what it used to be. From Cider, I could show you some websites. Cider has not been updated since before Prohibition. What a lot
2: of people don't realize is that Uncle John's cider was the first cider in a 16-ounce can. Yeah. There was some 22 or 24-ounce cans, I think, on these coasts that, that Woodchuck had put out years earlier.
0: Woodchuck, yeah. But, uh, that was the first cider I remember drinking in real life. Like, they had the red one and the green one. Yeah. And we thought we were being innovative when we were like, yeah, we ain't drinking beer no more. we drinking Woodchuck now. You,
2: you were being innovative. <laughs> And so were they. I mean, Woodchuck, you know, they get a bad rap because now in comparison to all these you know small local craft things, that doesn't, you know, hold the same shine. Woodchuck, for all its growth and ups and downs, was a pretty innovative company at the time. Mm-hmm. It was using American-grown fruit. Um, so, you know,
1: I'm shout gonna out call to you. Out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you out on the shine joke. That no. was a dad joke. Yeah, you know. That was a dad joke. It, went, it All went,
0: apologies. I'm a dad. and It went over my head. I No, <laughs> oh, I know. I was in there. Maybe I'm too used to... Um, Used to them,
2: <laughs> so yeah. You mentioned Dee Dee. Dee is Mike's uh, uh, wife. She runs sort of the business operations of the farm itself. I mean, they do a lot of work. So this is a fruit growing farm, but it's also a, a big, you know, industry. Uh, it's a big undertaking throughout the year as visitors come through. Um, and Dee Dee does room. the events, the tap room, uh, the, the, the the visiting uh, uh, food She's trucks. She's the
1: me of Uncle John's of where like if you're in the facility while I'm working, you just blur. Just running Born around. there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now I have a I have a, a hard cider question. What is the difference between we have apple juice, regular cider, and hard cider? How do we get all three? I mean really Who wants so, to take this one? Juice is is processed. It's like
2: um and it's sweetened. It's it's what kids drink. It's, it's filtered it's, and Hey,
0: yeah. I drink apple juice, says what kids drink. <laughs> I I like apple juice. Uh, So so do I.
2: I mean, well, there's the old joke from Ned Flanders.
0: There we go. Get it. Now, I'm ready for this one.
2: If it's clear and yellow, you got juice there, fella. If it's tangy and brown, you're You're in in cider Cider town.
0: Town. (laughs) Okay, I like it.
2: And, of course, so cider means only in America do we have a term like hard cider. Right. Because in most parts of the world, cider is assumed to have alcohol in it. Right. They don't have the tradition of the fresh pressed cider mills that we do in America for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it's, it was never a phenomenon that we can harken back to and have all this nostalgia and everything about. So when when we say cider, a lot of people in America just assume it's fresh stuff that kids drink around you know uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, the fall. Um, And then we differentiate hard cider uh, so that. You know, you know that it's an adult beverage. Right. Um, they do it, of course, because for generations they've been making fresh cider, and they've been known as a cider mill where kids come. It's been a family experiential place, so they sell cider on there that doesn't have alcohol. Yeah. They wanted to differentiate on the labels: this has alcohol, this doesn't. So they put hard cider on their labels. Okay. It's in their company name.
1: And then heathens like me and Brian drive down with fifty gallons of said cider and then make it hard. Right. So oh,
0: we'll so go up you there. you get the regular cider and then you make it hard cider on your own. That's right.
1: We do. It's really easy actually. Have you ever had like gotten a gallon during the fall yeah. and put it in your fridge and forgot about it and the no. the plastic Cause it always gets <laughs> drink. Cuz it's you, so good. It's it's absolutely delicious. Uh, if you put that in your fridge and you just let it go, if you come back to it, that plastic has expanded mm-hmm. because it's naturally fermenting, right? If you have sugar, Yeasts, which are everywhere, will turn that into CO two and alcohol. And so, so if you leave a, a a sweet cider in your fridge, it'll start fermenting. Okay. You'll get some booze. Yeah.
2: So it's basically yeah that that's it's cider and raw form. And alive for centuries. Yeah. It's 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 uh, it's in a sense cider wants to make itself. We're just there to help along its way or you know steer it to a home. And drink it. That's right. Okay. That, that that's I mean really all we are is landlords for cider to, uh, temporarily rent space in our belly.
1: <laughs> so Brian, you're from Chicago. Yes. Um, and, uh, you got involved in this Michigan company, Chicago versus Michigan.
0: How do you mean? Uh, Chicago Illinois, because Chicago is a, well, Chicago's even, though not ca- Illinois. even though they call <laughs> it a state, the state of Chicago, but Chicago, is a, city. Chicago is a city. Michigan versus Michigan.
2: Are you asking in a cider context? I'm just asking. So Chicago, I mean, any 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 Chicago cidery is getting their apples from Michigan.
1: Or the Pacific Northwest.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh I mean there's no there's there's only a handful of orchards in Illinois that are No no no, no I'm talking right. about
1: I'm talking about like Chicago vibes. Like Chicago vibes or Michigan vibes? For who? Me? Yeah. You.
2: Oh man, that's tough.
1: I'm I'm removing the cider. Yeah. I'm asking the Brian. I,
2: I, I I was convinced I'd be a rural. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Then I went to school downstate and loved you know hanging out with all my hillbilly friends and uh, thought I'd live in in the country or some college town. Then of course you graduate and come back to the city and, and now you know my friends my family are here. It's like I'm a city kid all the way. Um, and yet as I get older, I I miss the wide open spaces of Michigan. So I don't know. I mean I I love I love. I think that's the only reason why I exist is because I was the guy coming up from Chicago to Michigan, bothering all these farmers, trying to convince them that there were people in Chicago that would buy and drink their stuff. Yeah. And they were, you know, scratching their heads like, well, I like it, but I don't think enough people like it. And I kept pushing them and just said, listen, give me a shot. I'll, I'll help. Let me, let me ask a few people, my friends in the industry, see if they're into it and maybe they'll add it to their menu. And that's sort of how I got started so I was always this nexus between city and and country and a way to to help these you know maybe these farmers who didn't really ha- you know know how to connect with people in the big city uh, uh convince them that there was a, a future here for yeah, them yeah
0: it's a market so, farm yeah I like that that's that's a pretty cool story I
1: like that yeah as someone that lives in the in-between I understand
2: yeah I'm a bridge. I mean, I'm not, here we are, I, I we got these awards last year, and it's not, I don't think I'm the smartest guy inside or anything. I I feel like it's... We are not. I'm going to say for
1: you, we are not. No, I mean... We the, know
2: nothing. Right. The, w- what we know are smart people. Like, we we have contacts in this industry and relationships that go back many years, and we can pull them up on the phone and call them and say, hey, w- you know, what's going on here, or, or can you te- teach me about this? So it's not... It's, it's more about, again, being connectors to people who know and, and, and translate that knowledge to people who are curious, you know, the drinkers in, in bars and, and, and stores all over the, all over the city. Yeah.
0: Sounds awesome. Um, with that being said, Cider Brian, you got anything? Did you want to, any closing remarks, any closing statements that you want to leave us with? You'll be back, so it's not like yeah. you have to. It's oh, not this like is going to be a coming, series. <laughs> yeah, it's not like mm-hmm. you're never coming back. But do you have anything you want to say in closing?
2: Uh, Spring is here, Um, you know, uh, think spring. I'm I'm super hopeful that we'll have a decent uh, bloom here in the orchards. Um, As the weather warms up, you know, think cider. Uh, It's not a religion. You don't have to declare, I'm a beer drinker, I'm a cider drinker. You know, it's not politics.
1: But I am a cider drinker.
0: Yes. Somebody I know has done that already. I
1: forced, Sub came with me to my first cider summit. Oh, cool. I dragged Seb to my first Cider Summit, and I've made him listen to the Cider Drinker song a gajillion times.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, you, so you're a Cider Drinker. It's not like you don't hang out with beer drinkers, or it's not like this I huge diversion. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to say, like, this It doesn't have to be the thing that divides us. Drink whatever you there want. There you go. And then cider is an option among many at a time and place that might be perfect for you. Give it a shot. I think
0: you're going to love it. My guy. Ambrosia, do you have anything that you want to say before we
1: get out of like here? i tearing up from the I speech.
0: know. That was so awesome. <laughs> that was just like off the cuff. I, I I'm loved in. it. So. I'm in.
1: I'm invested. If I wasn't a cider drinker, I would be now.
0: There you go. So let us know what you think. Which libation should we dive into next? Comment, ask questions, anything at all. And you can reach us at Designated Drinkers Podcast. Oh, no yep designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com um on instagram at the drinkers podcast the designated drinkers podcast see i've been drinking too many ciders um twitter at drinkers podcast and we'll get the rest of them up and get them out to you and get that website going but in the meantime we really would like and appreciate your feedback you can leave your comments on here like subscribe share all that good stuff and with that being said I'm Severin Henderson. It was great speaking with you this time. Ambrosia?
1: Thank you, as always. All
0: right. Cheers. Cheers.